In this episode, you're gonna learn how to shorten the sales cycle by creating a buyer's journey that's based on educating and nurturing through insight. Welcome back to another episode of the How to Sell Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi. As always, we are pumped and honored that you have joined us for what will be, this is a very special episode because it's the first week of a new month. And if you're a long-time listener, I just want to say thank you for showing up each and every week to support our growing community. And if you're a first-time listener, thank you for joining. We hope you take away some actionable insights and we hope that you come back each and every week. So if you do like this episode, don't forget to subscribe to whichever platform you're listening to. But why is this a special episode? Because David, I finally got in the mail. I ordered an extra, extra large type for you, mate. <laughs> no. <laughs> extra. Now, for, for, for you listening, I'm pulling out a picture, or not a picture, it's, it's, it's the top of the best football team in the world, AC Milan, and David and I have a running competition. And if you want to know who David is, David's a co-host. I know you don't join to listen to David, but he is the co-host of this podcast. And Dave, the competition, do you want to let folks know what our competition's about? Yeah, all right, all right. First and foremost, first and foremost, since I've uh, been co-hosting this show, ratings have gone through the roof. Uh, people have been calling saying, thank God someone else is on the, on the podcast because we're sick of uh, Louis' voice. Uh, jokes. Um, we have a running uh, game, well, not games, a challenge on who can sell the most each month, right? So... Uh, obviously, yeah, all right, well done, Louis. You won for the month of, of Jan only because you sandbagged some deals uh, from last year because they didn't sandbag. We love a good sandbag. Them, all I'm hearing, Dave, is your pipeline doesn't grow with excuses. Excuses. But your pipeline grows with action. <laughs> no, hang on a second, hang on a second. Uh, uh, no, no more excuses, but this is a good thing, right, because you nurtured a few of those deals that were taking you know, quite a bit of time to, to close. And they just all happen to close in a one month. So that's how you won, which is great. But that's the topic for today's episode, nurturing. Yes. So this topic, a very valuable topic, Dave. And I, I don't think it's a topic that's often discussed enough, right? We talk about prospecting. We talk about closing, um, all the tactics around discovery, but not enough focus is put on the nurturing aspect and why the nurturing aspect is important. And you did bring something up which for me is critical. Um, when you think about it, we, we often divert a lot of our attention on deals that we think will give us a result in a short period of time, right? Because we are in a performance-based role. But that nurturing component is so, so important. And, you know, the first thing um, I want you to do if you're listening to this thinking, you know what, I'm not nurturing enough, is really start to map out that buying journey your buyers need to go through and start asking yourself some questions around what information or education or insight can I share with them that'll help them think differently? And and that's the first key question when it comes to building your buyer's journey, right? You've got to be asking, what can I give them that'll help them It'll stop them to think, I didn't consider that, or that's interesting, or I was thinking about that, but you've brought it back and it's helping me think a bit differently about it. That's the, the sort of the key first outcome from designing your buyer's journey. 
And a key thing there as well is to, when you're planning this out, not to be so rigid with it, right? Mm-hmm. Because not everyone is going to fall into that buyer's journey and it's going to map it 100%, right? And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is you might map it out where you're going to send a piece of content that's relevant to them every three or four days and it's pre-planned. But understand, review your notes that you had with that prospect. If they mention X, feel free to break out of that customer journey and send something that's truly relative to them, right? Because we can fall into this process of, I've got a customer journey, I put them into a cadence and they get all these great emails and they're still not moving. Yeah. Um, which then can cause that, that issue, Louis, of people stressing out, right? Okay, I've mm. sent them a few bits and pieces. They're still not responding. I'm now getting the anxiety and then I'm just following up for following up sake. What do you do Correct. there? Uh, look, this is this is a common issue um, that we see is we follow up. And if, if, if you are sending an email and the email starts with just following up on my previous note, I want you to stop doing that right away because we need to think about the value that we're creating in the buying process. And if we are only sending a message that says I'm following up, it means we're trying to serve our own needs, right? So that's an opportunity to say, this is not a follow-up on the previous note. It's here's some information. You might be thinking ABC, here's some information around ABC that will help you in this process. That's why it's important to really understand what are the potential objections or concerns or queries that the buying committee might be having and you address it. You say often when people get to this step of this process or the buying journey, sometimes they've got questions about ABC. Mm -hmm. Here's a bit of insight about how you can tackle ABC, right? Or here's a bit of insight, insight about how company X tackled ABC. Yeah. Look, what do you do in the case where, you know, you've got a deal there who, when you had the first call or two, seemed absolutely amazing, perfect yeah. fit, they loved it, you loved it, um, you know that you can help them, then all of a sudden, you know, it goes cold for a couple of months, right? So we're talking a bit lengthy here when your yeah. typical buying cycle it might be three weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Um, and now they've got an issue with their, let's use our, our business. They've got an issue with growing their pipeline. They're getting more sales, but they're, they're just, they're too busy, right? Mm. How do you, how would you nurture that deal there knowing that they want it, the price is per, everything's lined up, right? It's just that there's this busyness in the background that's occurring there. Yeah. Well, look, there could be another issue there, Dave, where, if, if there's a need, they're saying the right things, but busy, they could be stalling because there could be a lack of trust, right? That's why if, if, if everything makes sense, but they're saying we're just too busy right now, yeah, it, it, it's potentially a stall. Um, they are lacking a bit of confidence. They might be questioning, can we do this or can you do this? So that's when it's important to stop the sale. And I love the did you know, Right. Did you know when you do X, this can be achieved? Did you know this is what's happening in the market? Did you know um, just dropping did you knows? And I've got one right now and I'll give you an example, Dave. We had a discovery call probably a week and a half ago, um, did the discovery brief, uh, put my video together, sent the video, the discovery brief with my video and I heard nothing for a week, 
right? Mm. The actual action, the agreed action plan, um, we missed one of our key milestones. And I'm thinking, oh, is that a red flag? What did I do? I nurtured. Sent a note on LinkedIn. It wasn't a note. Did you receive my discovery brief? <laughs> it was. Uh, I, 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 I put a link to an article about training retention because when I met with them, the discussion that we had was previous project retention on the content wasn't so mm. good. And this wasn't so, any of our written content. This was a third-party nope. piece, yeah? Like Correct. It was a third-party yeah. piece of content that I shared and I said, I think you might find this valuable. They talk about how how to address the retaining the content once it's been delivered. And there was no call to action. What do you think they did within 24 hours? Responded? They responded to my email. Ah, so they didn't, they didn't acknowledge your response to your LinkedIn. Nope. They responded, okay, all right. No, and they responded to my email, said, um, thanks for this. Uh, we're reviewing. We'll get back to you in the next couple of days. So the reason why... I want to bring this up is because you you also can leverage different channels to nurture and nurturing isn't I'm going to nurture you with a call to action. Not everything needs a call to action. In fact, mm. I think nine times out of 10, you can strip out the call to action because it's putting pressure on somebody to make a decision, to, to take action on. That's why it's called a call to action. When you're just dripping drip feeding and saying, here's some info. This is some insight. You might find this valuable. Have a look at this link. Tag them on a post on LinkedIn. What you're doing is you're you're becoming a source of value to the other person, right? Now, I want to reel off some interesting stats here that I was reading this morning. 75% of buyers prefer virtual interactions with salespeople and a more self-service approach. 40% of buyers named having to contact sales for a demo or free trial among the three things vendors do to make them less likely to buy. 81% of buyers want to find pricing information on their own and 55% of buyers say reviews are one of the most important factors when evaluating solution providers. So mm. what do those stats actually mean? It means there's certain information that we don't have to tell them over a call that we should be making readily available. But then you've got all the other aspects that are impacting the buying journey, the committee, different members. So that's why we've got to be thinking about the human, non-human touch. Yeah? That makes it's a great important. point there. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Oh, what are, you know what I've noticed and that I've been in the buying cycle of, of other people's and something that I'm trying uh, with us at Grow Forum is this asynchronous chat, right? And what yeah. that means is, is having that WhatsApp uh, chat with a prospect and you're going back and forth. They might send you some text. They might send you an audio note. I had this recently on LinkedIn when I was enrolling into someone else's, um, you know, learning program and, and it worked amazingly well. And it wasn't a low ticket. It was a quite a high ticket um, price that I signed up for, but we're able to go back and forth and I didn't have to invest in locking time in my calendar. It was a nice, smooth, 
process, right? I can get back to them at my time. I wasn't pressured. I think there might be a shift towards this mm. um, in, in time. Again, when you're ready, you will then engage and say, okay, I want to see this in more detail. If you're selling a piece of technology, you want to see how it works yeah. and ask a bunch of questions. But you want to get the pricing and, and bits and pieces out the way because you don't want that to be that barrier that hangs yeah. hand over you, right? And I know you know this, Dave, because I talk about it a lot, but I love and and some gurus and experts will say the funnel is no longer valid anymore and it's changing, but I still believe strongly in the funnel and I think depending on where your buyer's at, this is why it's important to be asking some early stage questions if you're in sales and you're thinking about nurturing. They're either going to be at that awareness, right, even sometimes if you're running outreach throughout that, that pre-contemplation stage, then they move into that awareness, the contemplation, and then they've got to move into the consideration and then the action. So as they're progressing down that journey, your content pieces that you share and nurture should change as well. If they're at awareness and problem identification, it's about helping them understand or helping them think about the problem. But if they've gone through that point, they've, they've identified the problem and then they're thinking about now what are the different options, then your content needs to shift to, you know, what are those options and what are the pros and cons, right, in mm. choosing A or B. And then as they're getting to that point of decision, it's validating their decision they're about to make. That's what they're seeking. They're seeking confidence. And our good friend Jen Allen talks about 40 to 60% of deals get stuck at no decision, status quo, and sometimes at that point, you've got to be giving them some insight and nurturing them around the cost of inaction, right? bringing that to the forefront, right? So it's really important to think about this from a sales perspective. You're listening to this episode. You're trying to get deals to progress through your funnel. That's the goal of what we do in sales, right? We have a conversation. We have a meeting. We want to progress them through to a point of decision. So you cannot just be following up for the sake of following up. You've got to think about what content pieces can I share across various platforms. Get those articles ahead of time. If you want to save time doing this, think about all the, all the questions that your prospects and your, the people in the buying journey are having. They become themes of content you can share with them. Find those links. Get those articles Get some posts that you could share with them, a post from other people, pop them in a spreadsheet yeah. and allocate. Is it a top of funnel? Is it a middle? Is it a bottom? And that way you can start to be more programmatic. You can start to share more consistently and it's going to be, it's going to take you less time to nurture and educate your buyers through that journey. Have you ever wondered how fast-growing companies 2, 3, and even 10x their annual revenue? They have something more than just a sales plan. They have a sales operating system that is the engine that drives the revenue function for their business. If you need more qualified leads, if you're struggling to nurture deals, if you need to close more deals faster, or even if you need to hire A-plus salespeople, Click the link in this podcast episode or visit growforum.io forward slash apply to have a chat with Luigi and myself to see how we can help you. Now back to the show.
You just uh, stole my uh, topic that I was just going to riff off there and, and sound smart, but then you, you stole that from me. So thanks, Louis. So, like, I know what you're probably thinking, right? This sounds crazy investment of time. I've got 50 to 100 deals that I'm managing. Mm. Like Louis said, create like a simple Google Sheet spreadsheet, few columns of the stages of the funnel. You could even create different versions of the text itself, right? So you might have a version that is for email that you're just copying and pasting and adjusting a little bit. You might have a LinkedIn version that's a lot shorter that you can copy and paste. Uh, If you've got a team of sellers, work with your team to come up with these yourself. If you've got a marketing team, get their input. Work together to create this this document. Don't think it's someone else's job. It's your job. This is what's going to help you close more deals. So take responsibility, lead this project if you if it doesn't exist in the business, or create it yourself, Mm. right? Because it will help. Um, Look, I'm using a, a little tool called Text Expander. Where on my on my keyboard I can do shortcuts and it puts copy in just to save me time and it even works on my iPhone right so yeah. there's an app there so it doesn't matter where I am where I'm responding I've got these bits and pieces but you can start Rule Lifi with a spreadsheet but the key action is to actually do it and start to Absolutely. actually put these notes down and I want to give a real life example for something else Dave um, with P three. Uh, this is a real life average time to close a deal in that business is around 65 days. Okay. This particular deal closed in 28 days. So pretty much it shaved half the amount of time. Let's now, get some context here. Yeah? Like P3, just give it a quick one yep. line on what it is and a how quick difficult liner. it is to sell. Um, it's a recovery pro- product where people go, I mean, think of a gym, but for recovery, they pay a membership based and we are selling a franchise system and it's not a cheap franchise system. You're looking at seven to $750,000. Yep. So the decision criteria is quite a serious criteria because it's not just a, it's not a business buying it. It's an, ind- in most cases, it's an individual making that decision. So actually the weight of the decision is far more significant because they're spending their own money in some cases getting finance. Now, this particular example, what was great about it, when it came point to signing the contract, the feedback from the buyer was, I enjoyed this experience. The process was broken down into micro steps and I was being educated through each step to make the process easier to go through. That, my friends, is that's the nurturing process that we've developed, yeah? And we've developed it in in full transparency through HubSpot and we've got pieces of content specifically designed for different stages of that journey that as, as per Dave's comment, working with marketing, we've built them out ahead of time so we're not doing that reactive. And remember, sales first principle team. Sales first principle is about being proactive versus reactive. Like anything, like prospecting, like anything that you do, if you're in a reactive mode, it's really difficult to sustain. You'll have pockets of success, but you'll get tired and worn out because you're constantly being reacting to that process but when you're proactive you build that journey out you think about the content pieces to share and then you put it in a a system your sales operating system to drive that you are being proactive and it's a lot easier to facilitate